The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about all the crazy shift going on in our world of HR, recruitment, and business. I'm your host, Ira Wolf, and I'm joined again by my co-host, Keith Compagna, and our sponsors, Jobvite and Success Performance Solutions. You know, sometimes there are just events that happen, and we're all grateful that we weren't invited to participate. Certainly, we hope we'll never be caught up in a situation like the horrific and inexcusable violence that took place just a week or so ago uh, in uh, Dayton and El Paso. Uh, We've been all fortunate enough to live in a country that we take our safety and security as a right and a privilege, uh, but sometimes we tend to take it for granted. Uh, When something happens like a random act of violence or an accident, uh, we stop, we reflect, and hopefully learn and grow from it. Out of strategy, strategy, or strategy, out of tragedy, if I can talk, comes renewed signs of humanity, and out of tragedy, lessons of leadership often emerge. So a little over 10 years ago, um, in January of 2009, U.S. Airways Flight 1549 took off from LaGuardia Airport in New York. Shortly thereafter, it was struck by a flock of geese and lost its engines. Uh, it didn't crash, but it landed kind of safely um, in the Hudson River. The pilots guarded it into the river. Uh, 155 passengers and all its crew walked away from it. Uh, there's probably not a person on the planet who doesn't recognize, recognize the name of Sully or Captain Sullenberger from that day. Because everyone survived, and the accident became known as the miracle on the Hudson. But on that flight was our guest, Dave Sanderson. Uh, Dave's joining us today to talk about not only his experience that day, but lessons he learned from throughout his career that he applied to help ensure his safety and the safety of others and to help people grow into what he calls the top 1%. Uh, Dave calls those moments personal plane crash moments, and he's, he's basically now made it his life's work to help people grow to be in the top 1%. Uh, he's not talking about wealth either, of being in 1%, but fulfill, fulfillment and integrity. So stay tuned, because you're not going to want to miss today's conversation with Dave Sanderson. But before Dave joins us, a few reminders. Uh, we're recording live today, so you can call us at 561-623-9429 to talk with Dave or ask a question or chat with us. You can also download the W4CY app on your phone or tablets um, and chat with us or listen live there. You can also go to the website, geekskeezersgoogleization.com, and just click on the button on the top right, and it'll take you right to our chat. Um, Keith, um, I know you and I, I, we we did our LinkedIn Live first time yesterday, so we've got all this crazy shift going on. Um, what what was it, it was it was pretty cool it, miraculous it was another miracle not not quite like uh, Dave lived but it was another miracle that it went off uneventfully and when 
uh, even when it got down to the point of clicking go live, um, we weren't sure what was going to happen, but it did work really well. And you introduced me to Michael Farber. So, yeah, it, it, it was amazing. And, and my, uh, you know, my hat off to you for for making it to the LinkedIn live uh, list of people. I think it says something for what you're the impact you're making in human resources. But, you know, I, I got to go back to the idea that our guest today not only uh, was a part of a, a, an unbelievable experience, but to hear how uh, I, I'm just pumped to hear how the story turned out. And for the listening audience, which, by the way, it seems like every time we look at the data, that listening audience is getting bigger and bigger. So welcome those that are new to the group here. Um, this is going to be a fantastic conversation. I'm super pumped, but uh, at a much less, to your point, a much less serious level, uh, it is really exciting to see how the, the wired, tired, and technology are starting to converge with right in front of our own podcast with LinkedIn Live. And we're talking about doing some other things where we're going to be bringing in some specialized themes. We're going to connect a couple individuals. And we're really going to be putting out some great content for the listening audience, for those that are trying to figure out what they want to do, maybe in the next 6 to 12 months, and maybe people that are trying to figure out how to help others inside and outside their organization. So this has been a, this is exciting stuff, Ira. No, absolutely. And this ties in so well to what you're doing uh, with Michael, uh, with the HROI. Uh, you know, is helping is helping HR uh, really define and articulate their value and relate it to uh, not not only in a kind of an intangible way. You know, when we talk about engagement and 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 helping you know helping people find the right jobs and build their careers, but also related to business. And and this morning I had a fascinating conversation. It was it was somebody that uh, listened to one of my webinars last week on Bright Talk. Uh, and uh, they connected, and they were interested in what I had to do. And I learned about their business today. Uh, it's, it's basically it's HC Moneyball. So if you're familiar with Moneyball, sure. Uh, uh, it's basically human capital Moneyball. And really, really excited where they're going. Uh, and you know, they're they're literally taking some of the analytics that we talk about, whether it's from assessments or whether it's from you know the recruitment data that we talk about, people analytics, and relating it to the not only revenues and profits, but you know even the more technical things like EBITDA and and uh, uh, you know a lot of their growth. Um, it's and and they've got very a very sophisticated program. So excited to kind of introduce that. So we'll be talking. A a lot more about that and uh, again you're right the convergence of wired tired and and technology is uh, is upon us and uh, so very very exciting and uh, really pleased uh, you know we're almost at the end of the first year with our geek skeezers and googleization and the opportunity to talk with so many people uh, like dave we're going to talk about today uh, just keeps getting better and better so appreciate uh, everyone who's been a guest and for everybody who's taken the time to to help us grow, but also to get the message out. It's going to the world's going to be more, more talent challenging. Just look at the market today. Oh, <laughs> so, my goodness. Yeah. You know, yeah. Where, where things are going. So, um, you know, it goes back to my VUCA, right? Volatile, yep. uncertain, complex and ambiguous. And yep. uh, it's, uh, you know, people are just we're going to need skills and almost uh, go back to Dave's, you know, what Dave mentioned is, is the plane crash moment. Almost every day seems like a, wait, somebody has there's some event going on that's a plane crash moment. And we're going to have to get pretty agile and, and figure that out. 
Uh, I also uh, kind of, you know, in addition to do LinkedIn Live, it's, it's you know, the last week I had I said I did the podcast between two webinars um, and, and then did two, two more webinars the next day. Uh, they, they will also be posted on the website for anybody who's interested. Uh, but uh, I talked to uh, another guest that we had a few months ago, Megan Boyd. Uh, we recorded a session on uh, search engine optimization for the for the new uh, recruitment marketing in the age of Googleization series. Uh, talked with uh, another consultant, Laura Stringer, on 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 the importance of digital experience, you know, in creating that candidate experience. So, uh, doing lots of recording, lots building, lots of content, getting a lot of messages out there to keep up. All I can tell you is stay, you know, connect with me and LinkedIn, connect with Keith and and on Twitter and. The announcements will be going out, and especially with LinkedIn Live, because as soon as uh, we go live, you'll you'll get a notice that we're there, and uh, hopefully you'll be able to join in. Uh, Keith, no. uh, before we bring on Dave, anything? Uh, no, I mean, uh, other than the fact I launched my first software ever, which is kind of an exciting thing on my end. Uh, now it's the time to get it out there to everyone. Uh, feel free to go to my LinkedIn account. It's HROI IRA, and I don't want to take much more from talking with Dave here. I'll get a little bit of a, a plug, if you would, at the end of the show here. But honestly, it's, it's impressive to see the feedback I'm getting from CFOs and CEOs as it relates to the value they see inside this free product that's going to give HR people an easy way to build a business case so they can buy the HR tech they're going to need to free up their time because, as you mentioned it, there's a whole lot of volatility coming down the turnpike here. And I think that the idea of getting our people that – the people that are in charge of human resources, they're going to want to be hands-on. And I think that this, uh, this software is a great way for uh, that to happen. But uh, enough of that stuff. I want to, yeah. I want to get to Dave. Yeah, and, and with and with our guest Dave Sanderson, I uh, did a little bit of an intro before, and I know everybody wants to hear from him. Um, you know, one of the things is as far as getting hands on, um, it's about leadership. Uh, it's about what it takes, and and there's certainly technical skills and financial skills uh, we all need, but we need a lot of uh, we need a lot of leadership skills. And and again, um, not you know, hopefully no one else uh, listening to the show will ever have to experience a plane crash to to get some good lessons, but. Uh, our guest, Dave Sanderson, did. So, Dave, welcome to our show. Well, thank you, Ira and Keith. Excited to be with you today. Yeah, yeah thank you. So we, we got to get, I mean, some of the stuff we got to get out. We, want, we definitely want to get out to, you know, what you learned, how you got through it. Um, but th that's quite a harrowing experience. And I, and I only could tell you that I, I've fortunately never had that. You know, we've had our turbulence and our little bumps in the air. Um, I, you know, when I get on a plane and I've been doing quite a bit of travel the last couple of years, uh, especially with the book and uh, speaking. Uh, but, you know, I used to get on the plane and I'd read something and, I'd, you know, I'd pull out a newspaper. Now, you know, pull out newspapers, you pull out your iPad or tablet or, you know, something, your book. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd land. And, and frankly, the time we took off till the end, uh, never had an interruption other than a couple bumps and didn't worry about it. I travel a lot with my wife now. And uh, I know every little bump and, and, and uh, in, in the runway and every little bump landing uh, with her. Uh, so I pay a lot more attention. Uh, never realized there was there were so many things going on. But you really had uh, an interruption along the way. So let's hear. You know, definitely. I know everybody wants to hear about that experience. Uh, they could probably watch it in the movie Sully as well. Um, but 
uh, kind of walk us through that day. I mean, what 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 got you? You know, what helped get you through it, and and uh, what did you learn? Well, well, thank you very much. Yes, it was definitely a life changing day, as you would say. It was a you know, it was a full of shifts that day, <laughs> that day, in many different directions, and that's why I call my book Moments Matter because all the moments in my life actually, I believe, helped me that day make the decisions and choices that uh, I did to hopefully you know, not only survive, but hopefully help the situation out. But it, it was it was nothing unusual about the day. I mean, if you, if you travel, especially if you travel and travel in the Northeast in the winter, it's going to be cold, you're going to be delayed, especially if you're going in and out of New York. So that's pretty much what happened. And I wasn't supposed to be on the plane. I think that's one of the, the things that I share when I speak to people really don't have a grasp on. I was actually had a first-class seat at 5 o'clock flight. And since that week I started, we started that week in Sarasota, Florida, and then we and, uh, went to um, Petersburg, Virginia, to work in a, in a manufacturing plant, and I was working in a distribution center that day in Brooklyn. So, you know, I was in a three-day business trip, but I just wanted to get home. Um, and you never know how the day's going to go, but that day started for us at 5 a.m., so we got done early. So that's when I called our corporate travel agent and worked with her, and yeah, I gave up that first class seat. So I think telling people that moment, I made that decision to change, change the entire destiny and direction of my life. Uh, because, candidly, I wasn't supposed to be on the plane. And nothing extraordinary, like I mentioned. It was cold. It was 11 degrees that day. But, heck, you're in New York, right? I mean, it's the middle right. of winter. I mean, it's, that's nothing unusual. And snowed that morning. But uh, So the plane was delayed. And I was one of the first set of passengers to board that day because of my status. Like, like business people, I travel a lot. So I had status. And... Status, you know, helps me get on a plane early. So uh, I went back to my seat. I was in seat 15A, and you know that's four rows behind that left wing. And as you were mentioning, Ira, I think you didn't pay. You don't pay attention when you get on planes, and I didn't pay attention when I got on planes. I did just like you said. I went back and I was reading the magazine. I didn't pay attention. I didn't read the brochure. I know everything. You know when you get on a plane. <laughs> yep. And um, you know now I do. I tell people now. You know I. I don't get on a plane unless I read everything and actually interact and talk to the flight attendants because I want to know what's going on. But, um, you know, we, you know, if you ever flown out of New York, I'm sure many of the people who are listening have, and especially out of LaGuardia, you basically go out over the bay and start heading north before you start circling back. And it was about 60 seconds after we took off was when I heard an explosion. And that definitely got my attention. I wasn't paying attention until that point. And I looked out the window, I saw fire coming out from underneath the left wing. So, you know, I knew something had happened. But as you were mentioning, Ira, you fly so often, it's like, you know, no big deal. I mean, you got another engine, right? You're just going to go back to the airport. Um, and that's what I told the guy next to me when he yelled. He said, hey, what's going on? I said, I think we're going back to LaGuardia. I think we're going back just to get on the plane. But as we, as he banked, uh, he banked in a way that I never have seen before. Because when he banked, instead of going back to the airport, he banked where I was actually looking up close and personal to the skyline of Manhattan. And then I had never seen the skyline of Manhattan that, that up close and personal. So, you know, okay, <laughs> wow. got my attention a little bit more. Um, but then I looked out the window a little further, and I saw a bridge coming up. I'm like, well, I've never seen a bridge that close. Um, so, you know, now things are getting sort of exciting. And it's when you heard, you know, you saw the movie Sully, and, and what he said, the only words he said was, this is your captain, brace for impact. And... That's the moment I, I really realized, man, this is serious. Um, some people use the word dire. I thought it was serious, you know, because I'd never seen it before. And, you know, and as, you know, we crossed over the bridge. It was 60, about 60 seconds after we crossed over the bridge is when we crashed. 
uh, to the river. And people, some people say we landed, we ditched. Yeah, I think all those terms are true. But if you're inside of a plane and you're going down and you hit hard, it's a crash. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's a crash. Yeah, define any way you want. But I define it as a crash because I was towards the back of the plane. And if you saw the plane landed and, you know, that one one view came from Manhattan. Somebody took that video from Manhattan side, and I've seen it many times. The back side hits first. So it hit, that was the hardest hit part of the plane was the back part of the plane. And then the front part of the plane hit second. And then it shifted, and we talk about shifts, it shifted to the right uh, and approximately 100 yards before it came, came to a you know, standstill. And, um, you know, once you survive the crash, which I survived the crash, I'm like, whoa, I survived the crash. But now it gets more exciting because now water is rushing inside the plane. And it's 36-degree water. And it was the middle of winter. You know, there's ice in the river, so it was very cold water coming in. And towards the back of the plane, when I looked out the window, the water was already halfway up the window. Well, now you got another problem. So now, you know, yeah, you survived the crash, and the captain and the crew get all the credit, and they should. They did a fabulous job, but now it's a team effort. Now everybody's got to sort of figure out the game plan, and that's where I start talking about how leadership skills start coming in at that moment. When you start to leading yourself first before you can lead other people, because one thing I've learned through my life, but with not only being in sales and in management for 30 years, but also being the head of security for a guy by the name of Tony Robbins, is that, you know, people lead people. People don't lead projects. People lead people. And I went out the right side of the plane. And people ask me all the time, why? And I was like, because when I got to the aisle, something happened. All of a sudden, I heard my mom start talking to me in my head, and she had passed away in 1997. But I heard something in my head that she said, I said, if you do the right thing, God will take care of you. And the right thing for me was see if you could help other people first. Because I was alive, but I didn't know if anybody else in the back of the plane was alive. So I climbed towards the back of the plane to get behind everybody and started making my way out like everybody else. And water in the back, guys, was about anywhere from waist to chest level deep. So it was coming in quickly. Water started coming immediately on that plane. So when I first got up, it was about ankle to knee. When I went to the back, it was it was waist to chest, so um, it was it started getting really exciting at that point. And you know, and the first light that I saw was on the right side of the plane. I started going out like everybody else, but I looked out and there was no room on that wing, no room on that boat. So that's why I was inside the plane roughly for seven minutes, waist deep in thirty six degree water. And that's when the leadership skills, your personal leadership skills, are kicking in because one thing that you know, people don't realize but it was really showed in the movie, but unless you really watched for it, you didn't know, all the crew went out to the left side of the plane. So the right side of the plane was led and managed by passengers hmm. who had zero experience, zero technical training, and that taught me a great lesson of, of leadership and personal leadership, that you don't need to have all the technical skills to lead because people lead people. You know, and yeah, that was a great lesson for me on how – when when things start going this way and you and you don't have any technical experience, your personal leadership skills that you've had now come to the forefront. Now you have to start leading yourself so you can lead other people, and that's what happened the right side of the plane. And Dave, I gotta say, I did a little bit of you know pre podcast research, and not only do I find it you know the Captain Obvious statement here is how amazing that experience is and your mindset throughout it and the way that you worked and with everyone. But you also didn't stop there, did you? 
you literally looked at the people that were helping you. In this case, it was the Red Cross, right? Yep. And you, you did what? Please tell the audience, share with the audience what you started to do once you got to safety. It's, you know, and from my perspective, it's almost as incredible, if not more incredible. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, there's a whole story, you know, getting out of the plane and getting, getting to land. But, you know, when I got to land, you know, there were three people waiting for me because I had been in the water. I had to swim to get off, off the plane because I, I felt the plane shift. We're talking about shift again. I, talked to, I felt the plane shift. And when I felt the plane shift, I felt water going up my back. And the first thought in my mind, I mean, it was like uh, as vivid as it was then, as vivid, vivid today. It was that movie Titanic. Because yeah. if the movie, if you remember the movie, when that boat broke and tipped up, it sucked everything down inside of the boat. Yep. My thought was, don't be sucked inside, be stuck inside a plane. Because if it's going down, you're stuck. You don't have any. Now you're now you really got. You talk about a problem. You got a real problem now. So uh, that's why I jumped in and swam. So, you know, I was in the water for seven plus minutes. So when I got to shore, there were three people waiting for me, two EMTs. And a gentleman from the American Red Cross with a blanket. And that was my first Red Cross experience of that day. See, I had three Red Cross experiences over that day and a half. And that's why I speak so passionately for the Red Cross. Because not only were they there immediately when I got to land, they were there overnight when I needed clothes because I had no clothes left. They, they basically took all my clothes and cut them off because I was in the water. And, right. you know, the first thing you do is you get that off the body. So I had no clothes. So someone got some clothes. And the third red cross interaction i had was when i got back home to charlotte and the ceo of the red cross in north carolina was taking care of my family so that's why i speak so passionately for the red cross and i do as much as i can to help them raise much needed money because as you said i think ira when you opened up i mean there's personal plane crashes going on all the time and you know whether it's may not be a plane crash might be a hurricane maybe a tornado maybe a you know a wildfire maybe a unfortunate mass mass shooting someplace something's happening and the red cross is there to respond even in those times right in the middle of all the, uh, the situations so that's why I, I when i do what i do for the red cross i speak so passionately for, on their behalf well dave i mean you and for anybody who's listened and uh, you know you and i just met a couple weeks ago but you know i i've been talking about uh, vuca you know volatile uncertain complex and ambiguous and shift for a, a long time uh you you've just in the last few minutes you've brought a completely new meaning <laughs> to or that or a richer meaning of of you know what that can mean uh you know how how it how how we live it and how we can survive it and uh, you know the skills that you you brought into it that many people have and they don't think they do is like you know how how can you save people on a on a plane if if you haven't been trained and the reality is when it comes down to a crisis um, there are skills that you can apply that are transferable that you, you certainly can can um, you know you, you need to rise up and use that and and it's also it's always amazing out of um, these tragedies or accidents, and, and they don't have to be as significant as what you have, but um, but certainly, uh, you know, people tend to rise up, and, and they're not necessarily heroes, um, right. but they, you know, th again, they just lead lead people, and whatever, for whatever reason you want to call it, they, it just happens. Um, so what, so what's life been like after that? I mean, you, you've obviously come a long way. That's 10 years ago. Uh, you've been in the business a long time. I know you do a lot of speaking. And, and by the way, I forgot to mention this up front, uh, for anyone who wants to learn more about you and, and we'll mention it again, um, go to Dave Sanderson, uh, speaks.com Dave Sanderson speaks. 
Um, and there's a lot of fascinating stories, a bunch of videos up there, and you can learn more. Uh, but Dave, you know what? What's life? You know, so so after that day, you got home, you got reunited with your family, you got warm uh, again. Um, what kind of fill us in? What happened since then? Well, well, thank you, because that's when things started going going more crazy. Because you know, now you've you've been in a plane plane situations, plane crash, whatever you want to call it, in the most public city in the world at the right. busiest time in that public city, in the media capital of the world. So now you know everything is sort of converging on you, and um, uh, you know I think that's where. And I was still working for my company at that point, and I was trying to you know just sort of keep up with, you know, with the request I was getting to do media and other things. But what really started moving for me is that Sunday after the plane crash, I went to my church and someone asked me to speak the next weekend at men's breakfast. And, and I thought it was no big deal. We had 50 old guys eating pancakes, man. It's no big deal, right? <laughs> uh, all of a sudden, they advertised all over Charlotte, North Carolina, five, 600 people show up. You know, and it's like, whoa, this is a big deal. So I, uh, I had the opportunity to speak in Canley, guys. I didn't know what I was going to talk about. This is less than, this is only about a week plus after a plane crash, and I was, and you know, all over the place. So I said whatever I said, but then I had, I had a situation where a lady came up to me and basically looked me in the eyes and asked a question: If there's a God, I don't believe in miracles, but your physical evidence there is a God, and He does miracles. And then she just walked away, and I looked at these two men who I was talking to, and they were crying, and I'm like, wow this impacted somebody's life and that sort of set me on a different pathway. And that's where when I was, my vision and mission started coming into play. And that's why, you know, since then I've spoken over 1100 times around the world, not only about the plane crash, but also about, you know, the learnings I had from it and the leadership skills that, you know, you can apply. And, and, and I, I did a Ted talk up in, up in Canada, up at Queens university in Canada, because one of the things that Ira, you mentioned earlier is about the personal plane crash. People have those and, and how do people overcome it? And there's a term called post-traumatic growth syndrome that was applied to me that out of the blue. And I didn't even know what it meant until they explained it to me. But it's the opposite of PTSD. And, and people kept asking me, how did you grow from an experience like this instead of going into a depressed state like so many other people did and do? So I did a TED Talk about that, how you do that and, and started me on a different pathway of educating and teaching people how to grow from life's challenges, which and it's, so it's been a real, it's been an amazing experience, and I, I'm honored to be able to do that and write books and, and coach people on how to do those kind of things. Well, I have a feeling we're just scratching the surface here, uh, so we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to dig a little bit deeper into that and, and talk about some of those lessons and about your book, and by the way, I love that post-traumatic growth syndrome. Uh, I'm going to uh, liberate well, that. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so you've been listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. We're with our guest, Dave Sanderson. Fascinating story. Uh, survivor from the uh, U.S. Airways, the miracle on Hudson, uh, and learning about his life lessons and, uh, again, how it changed his life and how he's taking that day uh, to inspire so many other people. Um, as we always do, we always talk about what emerging trends are, are happening, how it affects uh, the, the workers, the individuals, the companies, and our future. Uh, we're going to take a short break. You're going to hear from our sponsors, Jobvite and Success Performance Solutions. So stay right where you are. We will be back in two minutes. Behind everything you're searching for is something you're actually looking for. When you search with the real yellow pages, you get more than a contractor. You get a whole new curb appeal. 
It's not just getting directions to a dry cleaner with YP.com. It's rescuing an old favorite from the back of the closet. And it's more than finding a locksmith with YP.com on your mobile. It's getting to sleep in your own bed. Whatever it might be, there are more ways to search and more ways to find exactly what you're looking for with the real yellow pages, YP.com, and YP.com on your mobile, only from AT&T. What's up, everyone? This is Keith from the Geek, Skeezers, and Googleization show, powered by Jobvite. Jobvite knows career paths are made by people, not by open job requisitions. Jobvite's platform ties recruitment marketing directly to applicant tracking and onboarding, creating continuous candidate engagement that effectively connects recruiters with qualified passive candidates. Used by over 50,000 recruiters placing over 1 million jobs, Jobvite's platform impacts every company in every industry. Check us out at jobvite.com. Listen carefully. Up to 9 out of 10 job candidates visiting your company career page leave before completing an application. You heard that right. 90% of candidates who want to apply for a job at your company don't. That's just plain crazy, especially in today's tight labor market. Candidate experience matters. Stop turning candidates away. Let success performance solutions help. Call us at 800-803-4303 or register at successperformancesolutions.com slash W4CY. Schedule a no-obligation consultation and get special access to insider tips to recruit faster and hire smarter. Welcome back to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I am your host, Ira Wolf. I'm here with my co-host, Keith Compagna, and a fascinating guest, uh, Dave Sanderson. Uh, Dave is a survivor from the U.S. Airways flight that landed in landed, crashed, ditched. We didn't come up with what happened, but uh, in the uh, Hudson about ten years ago, and how it changed his life, and the leadership skills he's learned, and and uh, how he is helping change other people's lives. Because uh, as we talked about in the first half of the show, uh, we you know everyone has had a plane crash moment. Uh, it doesn't necessarily literally have to be a crane plane crash. Uh, it, it could be anything from something personal, a loss of a job, a divorce, loss of a child, loss of a spouse, um, you know, all the way up into, uh, you know, what's happened uh, just a week or so ago in El Paso and, and uh, Dayton. So there, there's, a, there's a million things going on. And, and I think the important thing that we want to bring out this is that you don't have to experience uh, this, this a, a literally life threatening event um, because we have a lot of other things that go on in our lives that we may feel are critical and serious and there are ways to lead out of that so uh, you know during the break we were talking about uh, Keith I, I know you you uh, you know your passion is is, is something called life work integration uh, Dave you mentioned that uh, you know you came from the HR world uh, which I forgot you know through uh, HR systems and and uh, payroll uh, so, you know, you, you, again, you were impacting people's lives a long time ago before this. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit. Um, again, people don't have to say, you know, that, gosh, uh, I'm, I'm not Dave. I didn't survive anything as traumatic or as significant. Uh, we all have these moments on an everyday basis. And, uh, you know, what, what what did you learn? What, what are some of the things that you can help, um, you know, basically any of us apply and, and help us lead lead those others? How do we get to be that top 1%? Well, oh, thank you. Because, you know, every day someone comes up to me and 
they, they share me with me their challenges, whether it's a health scare or it's they lost a job or they lost a spouse or something. So like, you're, you're right spot on. Everybody's got those moments, and they may be multiple moments in their life. And, you know, I've had the opportunity to be around a lot of great leaders in my life, whether it's Norman Schwarzkopf or Tony Robbins or some of these people. that, And I've been around them and been able to travel with them and learn from them. You know, what's, what's the mindset of those top 1%, top 5% people? There's a different mindset. And so, you know, I, that's why I've really been focusing on is learning, not only learning that, but teaching that because I had the honor and privilege, which I didn't realize until much later, after I got my first job. And I was actually an assistant restaurant manager back in 1983, 1984, of a gentleman who came into my life. And this guy, Kenley, you know, when you first meet him, you wore a flannel shirt, drove a pickup truck. So you get a preconceived idea. Uh, and once you do that, you're, you got problems because he owned 80 movie theaters in North and South Carolina. It was a multimillionaire, and they called him the Sam Walton of Charlotte. And he came into my life and started mentoring me and teaching me these business skills and these leadership skills in 1984 until he passed away in 1997. And, I mean, it was an amazing experience being around somebody who's walked the talk. And I'll sort of short sort of frame it in 1997 before he passed away he gave me these notes that he he got from his mentor in 1929 about how to how to do this how to be hmm. successful in leadership and business in 1929 that was a tough time yeah he was he was a movie theaters so he wanted to be in movies and you know this is a depression and no one had, had any discretionary income but so he had to he had to figure out his mentor taught him these skills so he taught him to me and he gave them to me this is what i'm teaching now so you know, it's all about growth and all that, about the mindset. So that's what I teach, and I'm very forced to be able to do that. So I, now I'm, I'm looking for, basically for 10 people I can teach these skills to so I can now fulfill my, my you know, commitment to him to pass it on to the next generation of these skills so people can now take them and impact other people. Fantastic. So, yeah, so, you know, along the way, I mean, you've obviously met uh, a number of um, fascinating people. Um, you know, who, who have survived. You're, you're sort of in this, you know, not that you wanted to be in it, but uh, this unique club. Um, you know, what are, what are some of this, the leadership skills, or what are some of the life, even beyond leadership, what are some of the life skills that, that uh, you know, that you find are common uh, with some of these other survivors? I think that, you know, some of the life skills of the, when you lead yourself and some of these top one percenters, I'll sort of break it up into, you know, see who survive the people in the top one percent. I think there's, there's multiple things that go across the border, and there's some things that don't go across the border. Uh, you know, one thing is I find some of the top people and top leaders I've been around is they always invest in their own personal development. It's, it's, it's a constant learning experience, whether it's books or, you know, investing in you know, seminars or listening to podcasts like we're doing right now. It's a, it's, it's a common trait that, you know, leaders continually invest in themselves. Uh, but, you know, on the survivor side, you know, one of the things that people ask me, guys, all the time is, you know, how does somebody grow when, they have, when life's throwing them the curveballs and things happen? And, you know, that's why I did this, this TED Talk is because I want to really go deep into how do people do it. Because people can talk a big game, but what are the practical things you can do? So that's what I, that's what I talk about in my TED Talk. That's what I teach on how to grow. And if you want to go down that path, I'd love to share with you some of those ideas. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, definitely go down. Yeah. So, you know, one of the questions in the background that, that you said is, you know, you had, um, you had this mentor uh, who passed yep. away, be, you know, before the flight. And, um, but he had notes from, you know, his mentor. Yep. 
was there anything in those notes? Was there anything that stood out? Um, because that's, you know, from 1929, almost a hundred years ago, 90 years ago, yep. you know, what, what, what was in there that inspired your mentor and then inspired you? That's a great, great distinction. Cause what, what it was is he took these notes and, and these are really 12 business principles that his, his mentor back in 1929 left with him. But what he did is this, he took one of each one of these principles and broke them down emotionally, spiritually, physically, and financially. And he broke it down. How do you lead in each one of these areas? And how do you put it together in each one of these areas? So it's a real, I mean, it's a, it's a manual on not only for business, but your life. And I mean, you know, and one of the things he always told, talked to me about, is you got to develop good habits. It always starts with good habits and good habits. You know, you, you gotta be, you gotta be a, a slave to discipline. And that's one thing I've struggled with guys. And I'm sure a lot of people struggle with is that, you know, they, they know they, there's, they know what to do is the right thing to do, but they don't have the discipline to do it. So he was really on me constantly, and especially because he saw me veering off. I mean, I went from restaurant management to sales for 30-plus years, and you know, he saw me veering off a number of times. He always kept back, come back and says, you got to develop good habits, but you got to have the discipline to, to adhere to these good habits. So, candidly, guys, since the plane crash, I would say probably the last seven or eight years, I've been really focused on putting good habits into my life and being a discipline in teaching how to be a discipline financially, emotionally, spiritually, physically in each one of these areas. Yeah, go ahead, Keith. I was going to just comment real quick, Dave. That that is fascinating. Um, uh, but just based off of the idea that you know, from my perspective, coming in from life work integration, what I learned through the last several years in terms of my PTGD is that it's not. At, I think the the concept of changing your habits is is kind of uh, worth talking about here. Because I think that a lot of people hear the word habit and they're like, well, listen, it's a habit. I mean, that's who I am. That makes me what I am. I guess I'm just going to have to deal with it. And, and I've personally been able to, and just like you, Dave, I'm, I'm working on it every single day because as it yep. turns out, the, it's discipline, right? The discipline right. in, in the, the follow through. But I'm wondering if there's uh, something that you could give our audience that just says, helps them see what step one could be in terms of uh, the discipline or how to begin maybe looking at your habits differently and making them part of a, a positive change and, and not so negative? No, great question because what I learned as this was going on, I was, you know, one of the fortunate things that happened in my life, guys, is when Bill passed away in 97 is when I became head of, assistant head of security and head of security for Tony Robbins. And I got to be around Tony and see and really talk to him and learn how do people do this, how do you put people get, put discipline in their life. And, of course, the first thing is about modeling, finding the, the person who you want to be, who's, who's walking the talk, and learning everything you can. Because if you model that person exactly what they do, you'll get the same results. So what I started doing to get discipline in my life back in 97, 98, when it really first started practically for me, which, of course, people veer off, which I did too. I'm not, I'm not an angel, man. Things sometimes go sideways. But I always, had to, I, I always had the strategy, right? It's all about strategy. And so I always would seek out who is the top financial person who I can talk to to get an understanding. And I reached out to somebody who was who was basically an apprentice to Sir John Templeton. I just reached out to him. I mean, I was bold enough to call him. He lived in Atlanta, Georgia, and he, he gave me 30 minutes of his time to sit down with a multi-billionaire who, who worked under Sir John Templeton on understanding the mindset of have financial discipline. 
So I, once that's, I, I did that, I was like, if I did that in that area, what could I do spiritually or in my life physically? And this is, this is when things started changing because that's why I started learning the disciplines of the top 1% to 5%, and I started putting them into my life. Now, it wasn't all massive at one time. I'm not going to blow smoke. It wasn't right. happening all one time, but it did happen over 10-plus years. And all of a sudden, I modeled the best of people I could get my hands on because people like that will entertain a conversation with you. That's what I'm finding. You know, and that's why I, I would never deny somebody who wants to reach out to me to talk to me about how, how do you do this? How do you lead personal leadership and servant leadership? Because people did that for me. It helped me get to where I'm at today and in all these different areas. And like I mentioned, you know, life's a roller coaster. Life's a full of shifts. And sometimes, you know, the goal of life, as you both know, is to have a beautiful circle where everything is, is going well at one time, but that's not life. There's always a chink in the in the circle, whether it's financials. You know, you might be in a winter and financially, but you might be in a fall when it comes to your relationships. So, you know, I always would reach out when I get in that little chink area. Who's the best person? And I would get coaching and model model whatever they told me. I said, uh, they got it. I don't. I want to learn it. So, <laughs> you just said something. I, again, I had to write it down. Is is because we, we obviously do a, a play on words with shift, and it was like you know, life is full of shift. Yep. So, <laughs> so, yep. Well, um, I like that so. when the shift hits your plane. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. And let's go one. back, Dave. I want to go back to something else um, you said here, and that is the way I look at. Uh, first off, I'm glad to hear you saying the kind of things you did because it wasn't maybe it wasn't even four months ago where where the company I was at had a, a big layoff and I happened to be a part of it and I decided that I was going to make a run at starting my own businesses. I, I you know, got the software going and then the LifeWork integration. And one of the things I've learned in the last three months is that, and of course, you know, for the audience, if you're not, not there yet, I'm a type A sales kind of guy. But you know, what I learned was in this amazing age of technology, which is literally connecting us like nothing else ever has, people that are in, uh, for lack of better terms, power positions or leadership positions, um, I haven't gotten to any multi-billionaires yet, Dave, but you know, the truth of the matter is that almost everyone responds to me. Like I reach out, I ask for help, uh, you know, I want to pick your brain, share an idea, and what I learned from doing that is the simple act of engaging somebody, it seems as, and this is what other people have told me, it separates you from the herd. Just the idea, like the, the concept that you shared about reaching out to somebody who seems so far beyond your level, you'd be surprised. It could, it, you know, it sounds like it certainly helped change your life. Most definitely, and you know, and you know, we'll help you get a hold of a billionaire because I've been able to do that now many times, and I'm actually working with one now in Canada, who just came to me by way of a mutual relationship, and now we're we're I'm speaking with the mindset of a billionaire who's who's done it in real estate, and I you know, we're looking at how can we do this philanthropic big vision, and I would never have thought I mean he wants to give away a hundred million dollars now, Kelly, that to me that I can't even see that, but you know what? Now I can because I see somebody who can see it. And now we're trying to figure out how to do it. So it's, I, I agree. I mean, people will entertain. If you approach them professionally and with giving in your heart first, you know, it's not about you. you know, don't ask for something for you. Ask what you can do for them. Give them something. They will open their, their doors up and be more than happy to share with you the mindset. 
Yeah, there's the old saying, and uh, I'm sure every you know all three of us have heard this many many times. Is that you know we we all get up and and you know at least for men we put our you know we we put pants on one leg at a time. Um, you know, there's a lot of things in common, and and certainly you know trying to reach out to that billionaire or whoever it might be. Uh, you know, there there are there are many people that are still humble and 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 uh, good human beings, and you know, then, then you have others who like the billionaire title. Um, some some will may remain nameless for the show, um, but uh, you know, again, there's uh, you know, as, as Keith, you found out, is a lot of people you can reach out to, and they're more than uh, more than generous. They, people want to help other people, so they're, the good news is, you know, as I, I keep talking about keeping the H in HR, keeping the human in HR, there's a lot of humanity out there, um, and technology uh, doesn't necessarily remove that uh makes it more challenging and, and different or maybe it makes us more productive and able to get there so a lot going on hey uh, just before we we're, we're actually again uh, we always say we say this every week it's like it's crazy how fast this show goes on um who goes that the 45 minute 50 minutes goes dave you mentioned earlier about the, the and I, I don't want to let this go I, I think maybe this is one of the more powerful lessons from today is that you know a place a first place to start is investing in yourself and that that was what was common um you you spent uh you know you spent uh, 30 years you said in hr you know prior to this um isn't that kind of you know now we talk about emotional intelligence and, and i hear people again well that's only for leaders and executives and you know i'm i'm, I'm just the you know lonely frontline worker or, or i don't have that ambition um but ultimately is what you just said is investing in yourself is 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 uh, the origin of emotional intelligence. Am I correct? That's, that's correct. It's totally, you know, once you start, because you, know, you, you start valuing yourself first before anybody else. See, I, that was a distinction I got. I mean, I was working with one of my first coaches, and, and she told me, it says, you got to put this thing out. She goes, you know, value yourself first before you can value other people. And that's why when she said that to me, it really sunk in. That's why I started investing into myself first, books and seminars and reaching out to people and listening to tapes over and over and over until they just break. And, you know, that's how these people get to where they're at. It's, it's you know, now, now a lot of people think it's instant gratification because they go on YouTube and make a video and it goes viral. Yeah, that you might get instant gratification for 30 minutes. But we're looking at the long picture here, long term. Mm -hmm. That's, right. You got to build yourself first, and add yeah. value yourself first. Yeah, and, and and as important as valuing yourself, it's also learning about yourself. It's that self awareness. You know, uh, again, just being open enough. Um, you know, what did I just read the other day? It was you know, leaders. One of the common traits they have. Um, they're they're humble. They have humility. They're humble enough to recognize that they can't do it all, That's right. uh, and that that we all have faults. Hey, we, we're going to run out of time shortly here. Uh, I want to do two things. One is real quickly. What are you reading a, a book currently? I am. In fact, I'm going back and reading a book called Traction right now to sort of get my mindset around and getting the right organization set up because uh, I'm now evolving to what we're calling Dave 2.0 to really sort of take this thing off on a different uh, different you know, runway. So, Well, we're, we're thrilled to, to be part of that journey with you, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, be able to get you back. Um, obviously, I, I mentioned your website before, davesandersonspeaks.com. How else can uh, people get a hold of you? What's the well, best thank way? Thank you. The best way is to be LinkedIn at David Sanderson. The reason why is this is because every day I've committed this year to have 300 pieces of new leadership content by way of video. So I'm, I'm now up to 200 some days of straight doing video and, and new leadership concepts. So just check me out at David Sanderson on LinkedIn. 
Every day you'll get new content. And if I can put one more plug in, I have my own show on, on, on the Amazon Daily Flash Briefing Alexa platform. And it's called Voice of Personal Leadership. And I would love you to check that out because that's about one minute every day. I'll give you new insights on personal leadership. Yeah, absolutely. I, I got Offline, we'll talk about uh, yeah. doing that. It was one more thing I was trying to figure out doing. But we're definitely going to get you back uh, on LinkedIn Live uh, in the next couple of weeks. And we'll, 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 we'll be one of those 300 pieces of, of video Great. that you'll be able to produce. So, again, Dave, uh, Dave Sanderson was our guest. Uh, really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much, Dave. Uh, enlightening, fascinating. Uh, Keith, I don't know what... what what words you can use to describe it, but I'm I'm a Ira and I aren't in the same studio today, Dave, so he can't see me totally tweaking out about all the <laughs> stuff you've said. I mean, it's just I think it's I think it matters. I think it's meaningful, and I wish you the best of luck. Super grateful you're on the show. If you don't mind, you know I'll be one of those people touching base with you um, and following you and promoting you because I think what you've got is what matters, and I, and I wish you the best of luck. Thank, Thank you very you. much, guys. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Hey, uh, Keith, uh, next week we've got uh, Danielle Weinblatt. Weinblatt, yep. Yeah, um, what's she yep. talking about? Well, Danielle's coming on the show, CEO of a, a engagement, a candidate engagement software called from Convey IQ. And the truth of the matter is, you know, the, the, the marketplace is so, the talent marketplace is so tight anymore that people need to start asking themselves, organizations need to ask, when does the employee experience begin? And, you know, yeah. this definitely echoes what we, what we used to talk about, or I used to talk about at Jobvite, about the, uh, you've got to think about the way people go through their lives if you want yeah. them to work with you. Yeah. So she's, just, she's Harvard grad, she's, she's kicking ass and taking yeah. names, I'm super pumped. I super. don't think she's landed, uh, you know, any planes in any water, but I think she's got her own... Uh, yeah. Strong we probably had some, some incidents along the way. And then the following week, we got Ben Eubanks, who I've mentioned a couple times. We're going to be talking about artificial and HR. So that'll be a, a great uh, end of the month and uh, crazy. We're, we're going to be up to like 34 episodes or so at that point. So, again, um, we're getting close to the end here. want to thank everybody for listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization. We're always interested in hearing what's on your mind, so let us know. Hopefully, we'll get some more people chatting and calling in. Uh, or connect with us on LinkedIn. Uh, and watch for those LinkedIn live feeds with uh, Keith and myself over the next few weeks. Uh, if you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor, just let us know. Um, again, uh, go up to geekskeezersgoogleization.com. All our old, uh, all the previous, not they're old, not that they're old, but all our previous guests and episodes are are live there, and you can find easy ways to uh, link uh, to both Keith and myself. Thanks again to Job Fight Success Performance Solutions for helping us uh, be on the air. Don't forget to join us next week, Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY.com. Uh, you can get our podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, and uh, almost anywhere that there is a podcast. Uh, until the next episode of Geek Skeezers and Googleization, this is Ira Wolf and Keith Compagna. Don't let the shift hit your plan. Mm -hmm.